Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode five of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, uh, obviously we'll talk about our, our outing last week. It wasn't too good at, in the circuit contest, but how was the rest of your weekend? It was a nice weekend. We uh, went to Purdue for a little right. college gathering with a bunch of buddies of mine and we uh, went down Friday night, checked out some of the hot spots in town, and then went to tailgate all day Saturday and scored some passes from my sister's boyfriend, Nate, to the end zone party, which is just like a big beer patio right in the end zone. Thankfully, because there was very little scoring in the Purdue-Illinois game, we were able wow. to drink our way through it. I, yeah, I saw that game. That was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> How was your weekend? Well, as you know, it was a sequestered quarantine over the weekend, so I caught up on all my shows, watched a ton of of everything, uh, and and football as well, which you know, obviously was tragic on Sunday. I got ridiculed for my volleyball people that I did I missed the big end of year barbecue on Sunday, but what are you going to do? Right. Try to protect the public good. Right. Just so everybody knows, COVID negative again. I'm three for three, so take that COVID, boom. Um, but at least uh, you know not. Our, our picks aside, I did well. I, I, I unlocked the teaser again, Action. I, I started using teasers again, went back to my first year where I did very well, started using teasers again, you know, went 2-0 on the teasers and got the money line bet with Minnesota, our lone, lone pick on our contest. So felt pretty good about the weekend. Um, obviously, you know, I'll make it up to my friends. My The best chiropractor in Indiana, you know, Luke, he's, I told him I'd give him a shout-out, otherwise he won't talk to him anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the other thing, Ashton, is that, you know, we didn't we're, – we're taping right now on Friday, October 1st, so happy October, Action. I had three people reach out to me last night, like, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? I'm like, that's great. I'm glad our listenership is going up. So sorry for the delay. We had some – you know, sometimes we have things that come up in our lives, so – Appreciate the listens, and, and here we are today. Yeah, yeah, big fundraiser last night for me, for one of our clients, so we had to postpone until Friday. My dad texted this morning, too, and said, when's the podcast going to be posted? So there's four listeners, at least. Hold us accountable. No, honestly, we've, we've had a little tick up at the beginning of the season here, actually. You, you don't check the metrics like I do, so thank you for all our new listeners. Appreciate the support. Continue listening. We will turn it around in the contest. We only have one bad week, uh, but... But absolutely. So so thank you. And thank you, Mark Roberts. He's out there for us. Um, as you can see, I'm trying to change the mojo with our hat. This is the, uh, you know, you the Circa Million Three hat. So just trying to change it up. You've got a note before we get to the NFL that we have another another state that, that's legalized for betting. That's right. Connecticut. Welcome. Welcome to the party. And mm-hmm. they have become the 27th state in our great union to take a legalized sports bet uh, yesterday, 930. And uh, I think there's a few others that have technically legalized, but they haven't actually taken bets yet. So that's why you're seeing the number 27 here. And yeah. I did see yesterday in the news that the governor had the honor of placing the first bet. And he took <laughs> the Connecticut Sun last night to cover, I think, seven or seven and a half in the WNBA semifinals. Did not look to see if he won or lost. No. Oh, well, good for him. Good for yeah. him getting out there, encouraging the masses to, to, to do some betting. And now I don't know if New York is actually operating still. So you've got, you've got New York bracketed on New Jersey, which is actually the largest. Don't they have the largest handle in the country, even yeah. bigger than Vegas now. Yeah. And then you got Connecticut on the other side. So New York is missing, missing the vote here. That's a great point. Uh, Connecticut probably will take away some of that New Jersey action. I would expect just with the close proximity to the city. Well, let's jump into the NFL action. Uh, let's talk about just the general stuff and, and see if we can improve. We had uh, – actually, there was a split, so that slowly but surely the, the favorites are coming in. We had an 8-8 eight and eight split on the – you know, against the spread action last week. Road dogs still, you know, were, were strong, obviously, at 6-5, and five, which is 
atypical in, in normal weeks. Uh, we've got the unders at 11 and 5, though, still. It's just dominating the unders. Mm-hmm. And then both teams split 8 and 8 uh, ATS. So maybe a little bit of normalization except for the unders where it just seems like it's an underplay. Any any idea why that would be? I just have to suspect that it has to do with crowds. Thinking that, uh, you know, I haven't seen any reports of offensive false start penalties or crowd noise coming into play in terms of a penalization factor, but uh, you do have to think that the scoring has been suppressed a little bit, likely due to crowds, and also remember that there was one last preseason game this year, so mm-hmm. it's still likely that the defenses might have an edge over those offenses thus far. Right. I do think the penalties have something to do with it, although, you know, if you watch some of the games like, you know, Green Bay or whatever, Defensive, you know, pass interference is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but for the most part, some of these games are pretty, pretty muddy. I think a lot of it, like you said, lack of preseason has to have some factor. It just doesn't look like the NFL yet. I think we're going to get there this week and the next week, maybe week four or five. That's usually when you start seeing teams come along. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. You also touched on the teasers last weekend. I think I heard this week that. 13 out of the 16 games, if you had taken a six-point teaser, you would have come home. And obviously the big loser in that was the Kansas City Chiefs, which busted up one of my teasers by losing to the Chargers. But uh, besides that, there was a lot of teaser sides that came in last week. That's right. And for those of you who don't remember teaser, maybe I explained it last week. Essentially, it's a it's it's a kind of a mini parlay, right? You have to have two different elements to the to the bet. It can be a it could be a spread bet and a totals if you want. It could be in the same game or different games. I think as I mentioned last week, Rivers is now doing same game, you know, ability to tease in the same game, which is I like those internal uh, teasers personally, and that's what I want on both of them actually. So both the Rams and and the Ravens, whew, that was a close one. Uh, but they but they would have probably come in either way with the tease. Well, no, they had to win, so you know, so I got lucky on that on your first point here. So. That is a transition. And I, I didn't do it on purpose, but here we go. Uh, highs for week week three, Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal. Did you see the crow hop? Did you see the little hop yeah. to get, get things going? Yeah, it definitely looked like he had practiced that before because that little hop at the beginning gave him a little bit of extra oomph, similar to like an outfielder trying to throw someone out at home plate and uh, nice. off the crossbar. And then I was watching it live, and I jumped off my couch. It was amazing. <laughs> Well, obviously, help me win the bet, but I think it's just fascinating that that game was interesting. We kind of we didn't end up going on that side. We talked about that game a little bit, a little bit of a letdown spot, obviously for Ravens. But I mean, they were up in that game. They let the you know your Lions, your local Lions, come back. And I mean, the Lions. We'll see. We'll talk about them uh, this week. They're playing a little bit better, I think. Yeah, I think we certainly. My outcome from this game is that you got to move the Lions up a couple of pegs preseason we all expected that they would be down near the bottom at 32 or lower if it was possible but there are a number of teams that look way worse than the lions that's certain that's right another high was the rams uh, in general i mean the defense played fairly well they gave up a lot of yards to to brady but not a lot of points and they just kind of dominated in this matchup against the bucks i mean the bucks were obviously favored that's why you know i really like the rams in this one and then um cooper cup man i mean I don't even know if Stafford sees any other receivers out there. He is just peppering Cup with targets. He's leading the league in receptions, yards, and TDs through three weeks. Yeah, Cup has been awesome. And Robert Woods in the slot, too. Both those guys play the inside. And then you kind of have Van Jefferson and now uh, Deshaun Jackson reincarnate on the outside, who had a big touchdown, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, the Rams definitely showed us something on Sunday against the Bucs. Um, I, I certainly didn't expect them to run away with the division and I still don't think that they will, but, uh, right. they have a big, big game this week against Arizona. They do. We'll talk about that later. The other one is, uh, just another connection. It just seems like early in the season, this happens Rogers to Adams. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, they don't really have a second receiver on this team. I don't no. even think Todd is that good at tight end. You, you're down, you give Rogers the ball with 37 seconds, no timeouts, Got to get a field goal to win, no problem. He just, you know, hits a guy for, you know, I don't know, what was it, 30 yards the first 35 yards and 17 the next one, and he's in field goal range. He got 18 of the 30 targets in the game. That's a 60% target share action if you're doing math. 
And unfortunately, uh, San Francisco, they couldn't cover this guy and they couldn't cover this spread and they lost the game outright. Yeah, I think the Niners are still going to be kicking themselves for letting Adams run free there on that last possession and probably throughout the game. But, you know, I was disappointed. The one takeaway that I had in this game, and we were on the Niners, obviously, was Mm -hmm. I was uh, supremely disappointed in the Niners' ability to run the ball. I think you and I both believed that was going to be their advantage in the game. And whether the outcome was that Green Bay played better on defense or the Niners just didn't perform like we expected on offense, there certainly was not an advantage in that area. Right. Well, they also, this is interesting for the Niners. We'll see what happens this week. They play Seattle. They've come out in the first half and played like garbage two weeks in a row. I mean, they they stunk against uh, the Eagles, but just were, the Eagles couldn't get the ball in the end zone. This game, they were getting crushed at halftime. And to Jimmy G's credit, I mean, he played well in the second half. Yeah. He made a last minute, you know, last second, last minute drive that could have, you know, won the game. So it wasn't really Jimmy G here. I, I like your point about the running game, but I think they're just not coming out ready to play for some reason. True. Let's go over the lows. You talked about the Chiefs. Wow. Wow. Uh, we'll talk about the, you know, the, the hierarchy of rankings and power rankings, but the Chiefs D is just garbage. And I, I, I noted that's four straight games. They've given 30 plus points up in a row. They couldn't, they couldn't stop, you know, Herbert who played well in the game uh, in that last second drive and, the Chiefs are not going to be able to win anything if they don't fix this defense. Yeah, 32nd ranked now, according to DVOA, and mm-hmm. 31st when you consider the priors, so not much better. But right. uh, I, you can't even say that one aspect, pass or run, is performing better than the others because they're both in the in the bottom of the league. And yeah. uh, it's certainly something that they have to get corrected soon. Although I'm not certain that it is necessarily going to write them off as a bet-on team. Um, mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to see these spreads get to a point where they're going to be in the playable range for the Chiefs. That's now 15 straight games, I think, that they have failed to cover but once. And uh, yeah. at some point, they're going to be a bet on team. We just got to pick the right spot. No, agreed. Agreed. Uh, the Bears offense, wow. Uh, fire Matt Nagy now, okay? I mean, we knew that I, – I, you know, we ended up not going to the Ravens – I'm sorry, the Browns. We should have gone there, but – we knew that, that it was going to be a rough game for Fields in his first start, but not this rough. One net passing yard, 47 total yards of, of offense. They sacked him Fields nine times. Nagy's game plan was just terrible, and I don't even know what to say. And he still says that Dalton's going to maybe be the starter when he's healthy. I, what is with this guy? But did you get to watch that game? Hopefully you didn't have to. Yeah, I mean, it popped up on the Red Zone channel. We got home in time for it, but uh... – I didn't obviously they didn't show it much on the red zone channel. It was just highlights of Miles Garrett in the backfield. I think the Browns had nine sacks in the game. And we talked about the Justin Fields rushing prop, but he didn't even try to run. And I've saw reports that apparently they have an offense for Fields. I mean, where is it? Did they just like not use it last week? Or what's the story? Well, when I watched the game, of course, in Chicago, you, you're blacked out to watch any other game during that hour, at least we were yet last week, and it was just sad. Couldn't see the Chiefs-Chargers game, even the end. But, um, no, effectively, it was a lot of drop-back passing. And, and unfortunately, the offensive line so bad, mm-hmm. as he was in his you know his fifth step of the drop, the guy was already on him. And it was I – I just expected more rollouts, maybe more kind of planned draws, running the ball, and – Something creative. I, I don't think Nagy knows how to use him, but also, I don't know. I mean, we know the Bears. Jason Peters, for, for once, go back to retirement. Get Go back fishing. The guy the guy was like a turnstile. I mean, Miles Garrett was just abusing him. It was sad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our last one is Big Ben. We talked about this last week. Uh, we definitely have reiterated this week. He's done. you got to bench him. I don't know who they have. They're going to put in. Haskins. What's his name? Dwayne Haskins. Haskins or they're going to put it. What's the other new Doug. Mason Rudolph? Oh, is that? Um, I think Mike Trelevin could definitely start for the for the Steelers, your cousin <laughs> at this point. And he's good. But, I mean, Ben is garbage. He's falling around all the place, throwing bad interceptions. He had one good throw in a game that I saw on the highlights. It's just, it's done. Ben, yeah. mail it in. Yeah, and now they don't have any receivers, too. Johnson's hurt. And Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster is hurt, so Clayfield, Claypool is like the only named receiver that they have who, who can suit up now. And uh, 
Yeah, this is bad news for the Steelers. They're certainly going to be in games still if they rely on their defense, but they're not right. going to be a team that's going to put up points. Right, right. All right, you've noted a couple injuries as we've gone, but Christian McCaffrey is still out this week, it sounds like. Uh, you've got, what, Chuba? his name? Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard. Yep. Chuba Hubbard, right. Uh, so he's going to play, get the play. And then Quentin Nelson, is he going to play? I mean, he's day-to-day. Yeah, I'm reading reports that expectations are that Nelson is going to go on the offensive line. I heard earlier in the week that Darius Leonard was having an issue, but he's not on the injury report, so I'm not sure what the issue there is with him. But, uh, I mean, the Colts was another low that we didn't have up there. I think the Colts' yeah. offense was supremely disappointing on Sunday in Tennessee. They're, they moved the ball again, but this has to be one of the worst red zone offenses in the league. Right. You just mentioned Tennessee. I actually read today A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both out for the game. J-E-T-S. So, I know. I know you already got your you got your Jets. You're ready to go. I mean, you talked about it in the text. So uh, we'll see. We'll see we'll, we'll, when we get there. I mean, maybe I can get up again. I I mean, I obviously won the survivor pick, you know, because they were terrible. The Jets were also terrible, but we knew they were terrible. So. So let me go over my power rankings. We're maybe one more week away. Next week, I'll probably use the WEGS index to try to figure this out a little bit better. But I did put the Rams at number one, Ashen. I'm not sure what your DVOA says, but the performance was great. They've looked good through three weeks. I'm not going to be all over Matthew Stafford for MVP, but he certainly is, is delivering, and McVay is having fun with that offense. I've got the Bills at two. Okay, it's arguable. You know, their defense may not be – you know, what it was a few years ago, but it seems to be better this year. I think that's the biggest difference. Uh, obviously, you got to keep everybody healthy on that team. I got the Bucks at three, which, you know, whatever. They lost to the Rams. They're really good. Uh, their defense isn't playing as good, though. And then I got the Cowboys at four. I probably should have put the Browns at four. I think the Browns are actually better than the Cowboys. We'll see if they, you know, what happens. But uh, what do you think of this list compared to your DVOA and your own opinions? I, I think uh, you have a good list here. I don't know that I would argue with any of these teams' inclusion in the top five. I, I do still have a little bit of questions about the Cowboys' defense, although yeah. supremely improved after week one, no doubt about that. Um, and I, I agree that the Browns are ascending, and I, I like the Bills' team as well. I think that the Chiefs are still worthy of a conversation piece here. And I, I also think that the Ravens are, too. They've had a slow start out of the gates, and they certainly are sputtering with all their injuries. But if the Ravens can get a few key pieces back, I think they're going to be in the picture as well. I'm sure our proxy would argue that the Raiders should be in the top five. He does send us that, that banner for, um, you know, Derek Carr for MVP, who's played well, who's played well. But again, that one took another overtime win. These guys are pulling it out of their their butts a little bit. Um, but you so with DVOA we got the priors. So you've got Bucks, Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Ravens, and Packers actually. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. We'll see how that that flips next week for DVOA too. I think it's after week five is when they okay. completely remove all the previous year stats. Gotcha. Well, let's jump right into it. Let's try to get back on the horse, man. I mean, obviously, you know, no, everybody should know. We went one and four last week, so we've got to, we've got to do better. Um, but, you know, we had a good start. We'll, we'll see what happens. There's a guy out there. We'll talk about the contest later. There, who's 15-0. So, I mean, we – and actually, the quarter ends this week, actually. I think we might have misspoke yep. a week or two ago. Right. So we only have, we're done with four weeks, and then there will be a five-week section next for the next quarter. So – um, we obviously know what happened last night. Uh, Jacksonville got the cover uh, with the seven and a half in the contest with the Bengals. They actually look like they're going to be outright winner. Your guy, Trevor Lawrence, played really well in the first half. Yeah, they were sprinkling in some RPO plays with Lawrence, and he was really running the ball with good ability last night. I think he smashed his rushing yards prop, which was mm -hmm. an easy winner. And uh, Justin Robinson getting back into carrying the ball is obviously a huge plus for this team. It's very right. clear that Urban Meyer's plan to bring in these old, you know, well, Etienne never played, but the right. uh, the older running backs are certainly not the solution for the Jags. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, Burrow did come through in the end, though, and obviously won the game. That was a big teaser leg we talked about, so that six-point teaser thing, they do cover the teaser as well. 
So for people who put that out and Survivor, there were like 35 people that put the Bengals in my Survivor pool. And I'm like, whew, that would have been I, nice to get those knocked out. I had the Bengals last night too in Survivor. That was a nice one, but very <laughs> stressful. I bet. I bet. Well, let's go into some of them. This one's tough. I mean, I had it in my card first. I don't know if my stomach can take it. Washington, one of my darlings, they have just sucked on defense. They go to Atlanta. They opened up as, actually, I don't know if it's right, but two and a half point favorite for Atlanta, I guess, initially. 47 and a half point total. In the contest, it's flipped all the way over. It's one point for Washington uh, as a favorite. 48 point total. I think Rivers had it at one and a half, so that's about right. Um, man, I uh, originally I put Washington. Originally, you know, you know, I love that defensive line. Mm-hmm. But as many people are talking about in Vison, Chase Young is not going towards the quarterback. He's just running past the quarterback every time. Yeah. What do you think about this game? Mike Palm loves saying that, doesn't he? Yes. You know, uh, this number is moving on the move. I think I'm looking at the screen here. Bet Chris, which is probably one of the sharpest books in the world, is showing a two and a half on the football team. So really? some indication of where this number might be heading. And I th- I think it's the right side. I do. I, yeah. I saw in your notes that you liked Washington and I think I'm going to be right there with you that, I mean, I, I believe let's start with the offense. I believe that Heineke is a better quarterback today than Matt Ryan is. And mm-hmm. um, we can leave out the Washington defense for the moment. I think that the football team is going to have some success through the air with Terry McLaurin on Sunday. And I think that there could be some points scored in this game by the football team. And if we get anything plus out of the defense, that would just be an additional boon to the handicap. I read that Curtis Samuel might play. Yep. Another weapon. I'm not really worried about the offense. You know, Washington's offense has been okay. You know, it's just the defense is, and they played some good offenses. Okay. I mean, they've definitely obviously the bills, you know, whatever it happens, but We'll see. I, I, I obviously put it on there, so I have to t- turn off my emotional brain and, and follow the intellectual side and say, look, it's the right side. It's just they've, they've hurt us. They've, we've, are we 0 for 3 on them this season or 0 for 2? We keep picking them. I think it's just twice if my, okay. with my memory. Yeah, we left them off the card in week 2. But right. I'm looking at DVOA here, and Atlanta has the 32nd ranked offense. Too. So <laughs> certainly uh, a different caliber of opponent for that defensive team right. this week. I mean, the Bills in week three, the Chargers in week one, two difficult opponents. You could argue that the Giant they probably gave more to the Giants than they really should have. But right. I think this is a get right spot for the football team. I do. Okay. okay. Let's put it in yellow, even though we probably should put it in green. <laughs> and it's a good number, too. I mean, one, oh. I was pleasantly surprised to see it only at one when it came out. It's sliding the, our way, so that's good. So the next game is, you know, the beloved, the Bears, who you probably heard also purchased uh, Arlington Racetrack. So it looks like they'll be building a new stadium out in the Burbs, which I'm actually all for because the debacle of Soldier Field is just tragic. Yeah. But that's an aside. Uh, Detroit is coming in as a three-point dog in this one. They opened as a five-point dog with a 47-point total. Total's all the way down to 42-and-a-half. Man, there's only one way to go here is with the lands, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this number opened at six. Well, I guess that was the look-ahead technically from last mm-hmm. week. But uh, the money has been pouring in on the Lions. I think that there's some two-and-a-halves that are showing up across the board too. So to see this number at three still in the contest. Um, yeah, just to confirm, there's a lot of heavy, heavy juiced plus threes on the lines available and some books are already at two and a half. So I think that there is some pretty significant value when you're looking at the lion side plus three here. Although I will caveat that by saying that I've not heard any reports of Justin Fields being named the official starter. And I think, the bet on the Lions is stronger with Fields under center as opposed to a flip back to Dalton or even Nick Foles for that matter. What do you think? Sure. No, I think you're right. I, I think that we talked about it. Nagy doesn't know how to handle Fields. Fields at this point, and obviously he could become a good player. I'm not saying he's not. But given the circumstances, I don't think he's the right guy. You've got to get the ball out quick. You, you've got to be able to read the defense quickly, get the ball out quick because the line is cratering in seconds. So I thought that his mobility would help him, but in effect, and I don't, I mean, the Lions don't have the same pass rush that Cleveland does, of course, but 
I think that when they, you look at even with the Bengals, who have a decent, they have a decent defensive line. Mm-hmm. Almost playing good, getting the ball out, getting rid of the ball, make finding his reads, you know. So it's it's more of a reading situation than an athletic situation. So maybe we'll pick the maybe we'll pick Detroit. I don't know if I can pick against them. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Here's your favorite. Uh, Tennessee is going to the Jets. The Jets, you know, come home. They had destroyed in Denver. Uh, they they opened as a three and a half point dog at home, 47 point total. I'm not sure when that was set, but it's all the way up to seven in the contest for the Titans. But I think this number is crashing, isn't it? The 40, total, you mean? Uh, is it still seven and a half? I thought it was. It's, isn't it under seven now? Oh oh, the spread, yeah. Um, yeah, you I mentioned the, the total too. There's a couple of six and a halfs. Yeah, still one or two remaining sevens, but again, really heavy juice if you want to play the Jets. So there's also a couple of sixes showing. So definitely a number of that is trending downwards. And I, you touched on it, but the total is crashing too. And I think that has everything to do with the missing of Julio Jones and AJ Brown for the Titans. Yeah. I think. Uh, this is a game that's going to be extremely low scoring given the move on the total, which makes the seven points even way more valuable in this one with the home Jets. And I uh, I think my handicap is really just about those two wide receivers. And mm-hmm. add in the fact that the Jets run defense is above average. They're 13th ranked per DVOA, only giving mm-hmm. up less than four yards per carry and 111 rush yards per game. So I think that they're going to be loading up to stop Derrick Henry, and uh, outside of that, uh, you're going to be looking at Tannehill probably trying to get the ball to the Indiana receiver. Um, I forget the guy's name now. Nick Akina Ward or something. Anyway, somebody you've never heard of. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, the Jets offense has been putrid, no doubt about it. I don't think that there's any way you can paint them in a good light except for the fact that they've faced off against three of the top five defenses in the league so far. They had Denver's third-ranked, New England is fourth, and Carolina's fifth. So I think that you can't write off Zach Wilson quite yet, and I expect that against the 31st-ranked Tennessee Titans defense is a get-right spot. So you were advocating for the Jets in the contest. I just want to make sure I understand this right. Jets plus seven. (laughs) So just so our new listeners know... Action was on the Jets probably like two-thirds of the games last year and, of course, didn't come in. But I don't disagree with you here. I mean, obviously, last week I thought they were going to be a good pick with 10.5, but the Broncos just steamrolled them, and, and it was it was ugly. So I, I can maybe get on board with you here. Um, do you think they have a chance to win the game? Yeah, I definitely would uh, advocate a small money line. In fact, I think that there's a pretty wide uh, range of outcomes in this game. Either you're going to see the Jets win it, or I think Tennessee could potentially blow them out. Either In either case, I still think that there's value on the seven. Yeah, I mean, plus 250 money lines, juicy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's put a yellow. I, okay. I might be able to get into the Jets. We're, we're going for some really high-level teams in uh, the football team, the Lions, and the Jets so far. Well, hey, uh, I mean, I, I texted you last night. The Jaguars were 0-3 ATS, and they got okay. their first cover. Jets mm-hmm. are also another 0-3 ATS team, so uh, it could be a week to take those nasty-looking dogs. Well, they got they got to come in at some point, right? All right, well, let's go to the next one. The Browns travel to Minnesota. Uh, Browns open as a 2.5-point favorite, 51-point total. It's really right there now in the contest. Browns favored by two on the road, 51.5-point total. Kind of a tough spot here. I, I think Cleveland's really good. Uh, Minnesota's playing very well. They finally got their win. They got the money line for me and obviously yes. our pick contest. So the question I have for you is when you look at the Cleveland defense, obviously they look great against the Bears, but this is a Minnesota offense This is that's humming along, and they've got what they can do. Is it – I mean, 51 and a half might actually be a low total. Uh, do you think Minnesota has a chance to upset this, you know, this situation? Mm, I, you know I- – I do think that the Minnesota Vikings probably carry the the heaviest home field advantage in the league, and definitely right. this year with the fans back in the stadium. And so I think that this number might be uh, a little bit a little bit shaded to the Browns because I think if you're looking at three points for home field advantage when you when you compare this, that would say that the Browns are five points better than the Vikings. 
And uh, last week we saw the Browns only laying seven to Chicago and doing a little bit of a comparative theory. I I think we could easily say that the the Vikings are much better than the Bears. And yes. so I do think that um, the number, there might be a little bit of value on the Vikings, but I'm just not so certain that their offensive line is going to be able to hold up against the Browns' pass rush, and that gives me a little bit of pause in this one. Okay. Well, we can stay away. I did initially put Cleveland as a pick here. Mm-hmm. I do think just a really good football team, and they seem to be playing great. And now that they're going to play lesser opponents, they started off with a pretty tough you know, first couple games, and now they're turning the corner against lesser opponents. So right. I come. Let's talk about your team, the Colts, going to Miami. Uh, the Miami opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 45-point total. It's the same in the contest, two-and-a-half, 42-and-a-half-point total. Yeah, obviously, Brissett played well down the stretch in that game to bring them to overtime, but they lost to the Raiders. But they, you know, it was really a great game there. The Colts, you know, they haven't done it. Uh, they, they had that one game against the Rams where they kind of hold steady and almost had a chance. They just couldn't get it done in the red zone like you talked about. Carson Wentz, I guess, isn't the answer. I'm not really sure. It's early. Do you like the Dolphins in this spot? Mm, I wrestled with this one, and I'm really not sure that I'm ready to back the Dolphins as a home favorite here. Right. I, um, they gave their hearts last week in, in Las Vegas, and they came up short in overtime, as you know. And uh, I, I think that... This could be a little tough going back to the Miami Heat. I mean, you obviously can argue that Indianapolis has to play in it as well. But um, I think that I definitely would lean only to the Dolphins. Let me say that for sure. I have no interest in playing the Colts in this game with their red zone woes especially. I do think that there's some some telling line moves with the total going from 45 down to 42.5. Everyone, mm-hmm. the uh, betters and odds makers are expecting a pretty low scoring game. So there could be some right. variance there. But at two and a half, I think it's only one way look to the Dolphins. What do you think? I think so, too. I I mean, I originally put the Dolphins down because I think they're the better football team. But mm-hmm. I, can, I hear you. I mean, they might be just kind of a blase kind of thing. It's not like they're going to blow out the Colts. You know, they're not that type of team. So it could be a really dicey fourth quarter sweat if we took the Dolphins. Yeah. They um, just looking at the red zone defense for the Dolphins. They're allowing 66% red zone scoring touchdowns, which is good for 19th in the league. So a little bit below average, but um, I think that's going to be the story of this game, whether or not the Colts can punch it into the end zone or not. That's right, right. I know Jonathan Taylor was on the injury report this week too. I don't know if he he probably practiced today. I'm not sure. Well, let's go to the next game. We'll get past that one for now. One of the marquee games, the NFC, kind of underrated. You know, Carolina comes in at three and zero against Dallas. Dallas is a five and a half point favorite in the opener, fifteen and a half point total. It's four and a half in the contest, same total, fifteen and a half. I mean, let's face it, coaching advantage goes to Matt Rule. By the way, I didn't mention this. I put a little coach of the year future nice. bet, Matt Rule. Why not? I think I it was like, like twenty it. something. Yeah. So might as well put that in. Uh, but Dallas is really good. I, I mean, I've been talking about this for two years. They got great talent. Their defense has improved. Dan Quinn obviously has got a better system than whoever they had before him. So a four and a half is a kind of a big number. I, I, you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if I can go find on Carolina, but I don't think I can back Dallas with this number. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's been quite evident that Carolina has been taking a serious boost in the rankings, DVOA, the you know, you can see any sort of power rankings in the league and see that the Panthers have taken a rise. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this, I personally had this one circled as a spot to go against them. I think the mm-hmm. opponent, the caliber of opponents that they've played so far this year has been really, really nice. And they got the Saints on a week where it turns out they were missing seven of their offensive coaches during the right. game. I think that was a huge factor in that outcome. And now they're getting the Cowboys, which is one of the best offenses in the league. And um, Dak has been otherworldly. Um, and the receipt, you know, Zeke and Tony Pollard is now backing him up. And I, I think that this is a number that the Cowboys could cover with pretty okay. regularity, especially at home. So Do I would like to consider the Cowboys. Could play in the contest? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I certainly think that uh, the Carolina – the way that they've come out of the gates, 
you're going to get a long, awful, awful long look by our competitors on that side with the four and a half mm-hmm. points. And mm-hmm. I do think that Dallas will be less picked than Carolina. Okay. Let's put a yellow. I could be talking to it. I do think Dallas is really good. I just, I, yeah, I've been on them. I was on them last year when they stunk, but they, I think that they maybe are putting it together despite McCarthy. He still sucks. I would still get on a soapbox for that. It is tough to back McCarthy. That's certainly a negative. You could say that every week about the anti-Cowboys handicap. <laughs> exactly. Any coach. Uh, okay, so let's do the next game. Giants going to New Orleans. New Orleans is going to play at home, right? Is yes. What I'm hearing? It's in the Superdome. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that too. So they open as a six and a half point favorite, 47 point total. The total is all the way down to 42. And the contest is seven and a half, which is always sticky uh, with that hook. It's a stay away for that. I do think the Saints will win the game. And obviously, you know, coming home, there could be a lot of things. But it could work to your handicap. You said that a lot of times, you know, when people are on the road a bunch, that first game's kind of rough, isn't it? Yeah, that's the first line I have in my notes here, that Saints are finally back home after being away for probably like six or seven weeks when you count okay. the time that they were practicing in Texas, too, before the season even started. And now yeah. they're finally back home. Although I've heard some people discount that in the NFL because you're talking about a full week of being home. It's not like the NBA where you return on a a long road trip and you have like 12 hours to take care of your personal (laughs) shit. So I respect that. But um, I think the the bigger concern I have with the Saints is their offensive line. They're going to be without two starters this week. Teron Armstead (laughs) is out and center Eric McCoy. And I think that the Giants defense is going to be able to hold down wimpy Jameis. I mean – they put up a ton of points against the Packers, but that was with short fields. Mm-hmm. Their their offense has been super unimpressive. Um, right. 4.3 yards per play, which is good for 29th, and 234 offensive yards a game, which is 31st ranked. And I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, which gives way, way more value to the Giants plus the hook. Seven and a half. Are you advocating for another stinky dog here yeah i i do like the giants quite a bit i was considering putting in a giants and jets parlay actually <laughs> the new york new york parlay i love it i don't know if i can get on board with this one i, okay. I seven and a half is a great number it's a great number there's no question you bet the numbers that's the number you want uh, i just don't know i don't the know question- the giants score against this defense that's the question, whether or not they can score, because New Orleans' defense is awesome. They're second ranked, and uh, yeah. and you got to have Daniel Jones at least put up 10 points probably to have a shot at covering this game. They scored a defensive score. They, they got another interception. They got him in the red zone. I mean, yeah. the defense is elite. Uh, so I do think, though, that uh, the Giants are covering this game more than 53% of the time, and, and that's winning money long term. I got you. I got you. All right, let's go. Kansas City Chiefs going to Philadelphia. Man, the Chiefs, they have just won 12 and 1 in their last 14. Maybe you have even more. Maybe won 13 and 1 now. But now they're favored on the road at Philly. Opener, 6.5, favorite, 53 point total. In the contest at 7, 45, 54.5 point total. Actually, no one of coworkers going to this game on Sunday in Philly. I can't back the Chiefs, bro. I can't do it now. They got to show me something. I can't keep doing it. Uh, it's just painful because I really love the Chiefs. I love Mahomes. I don't know if I can back the Eagles either. They they got housed. I mean, <laughs> destroyed them. Um, and I felt bad for. It looks like they can't protect. And the Cowboys' defense is probably is obviously better than the Chiefs. Like it's easy to say. Anybody can see that. But they couldn't protect Hurts. Hurts was running for his life a little bit. Made some plays actually in that game, but. Just not enough. I mean, where are you on this game? Yeah, I agree. I I would consider putting in the Chiefs as a really, really contrarian play, uh, although sure. I'm very interested to see what the numbers end up at. Uh, I was really hoping to see six and a half, honestly. I personally have them, bet them already at six and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, I think this is an opportunity for them to bounce back against an Eagles team that did not play well on Monday night. And really, we talked about it before then. The Eagles didn't play well the week before against the Niners. Remember how low yardage output they had. And um, I heard all week about how Miles Sanders had two carries for 26 yards. And then inexplicably, they just stopped trying to run the ball against the Cowboys. So um, certainly not a good game plan from Sirianni and company. But uh, I 
I definitely am not interested in the Eagles, and, and if I can't get you on the Chiefs side, I think we should pass. Yeah, I think we should pass. Fair. Yeah. All right, here we go. So this is the big number. Houston is going to Buffalo. Buffalo's at home, 16.5 point total, or 16.5 point favorite on the, at home, 48 point total. In the contest, it's right there, 16.5, 47.0 total. I mean, what what can I say about this? Uh, Davis Mills, he was not terrible on Thursday night last week, I guess, but too big of a number, bro. I, I, I know that Houston, this is like a couple years ago when Miami was big, big double-digit, you know, dogs. I, I can't get on board there. So I got to stay away from this. Yeah, I agree. This is only one-way look for me. It would have to be um, Houston with the points. But uh, I think that Buffalo certainly could cover this game if they wanted to. The uh, the tough spot that they're in is a big game next week. I can't remember the opponent, but I think this might be a game where Buffalo is happy to sit that back in the second half and just coast to a victory. So I think right. if we're playing it, it's got to be Houston, but I'm happy to pass. Yeah, too many points. Okay, let's get to some more marquee games. We've got Arizona going to the Rams. This is a battle of unbeatens in the NFC West. Rams open as a four and a half point favorite at home, 50 point total. That's almost where it's at. Although totals ticked up to 55, kind of makes sense. 40, uh, they're still four and a half point favorites at home. I originally put Arizona on here uh, because I think that it's be a let, letdown spot for the Rams. But I've heard a lot of data saying that the Rams own this matchup, first of all, and secondly that I mean the Rams are just a better football team. So curious to have, hear what you have to say. Yeah, I uh, the I took a look ahead uh, with Arizona plus six, and I think it opened right around there five and a half. I guess it says on our screen, but it's been bet down to four and a half. So there's definitely money coming in on the Arizona side. But right. you are correct that the Rams have won like eight of the last eight meetings. <laughs> so uh, and. All of those were a cover except for one lone push in 2019 in December when the Cardinals lost by seven. So although, I mean, definitely different teams. The Rams have a new defensive coordinator this year, and I think that we talked about it last week. They haven't been quite as good as they were in years past. And I think that the Cardinals are live in this game. I do. Mm -hmm. If I were to bet it, I would be looking that side. Um, four and a half certainly is not as good as five or six, which would be um, more valuable. But I, I do agree with the total move up. I think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game on both sides. Right. It's going to be one of those games. And that's why I'm a little worried about the four and a half, just because, mm-hmm. I mean, late score. I mean, it, if, I, if I was taking the Rams, that is, um, you know, they, they, you know, Arizona could get a backdoor easily. But this is going to be one of those games that, you know, Murray's just going to start throwing it all over the yard. And I mean, Hopkins is a little dinged up. His yeah. ribs are dinged up. Uh, but, you know, A.J. Green had a good game last week. So I'm happy to stay away unless you're really, really for Arizona here. Do you think that Jalen Ramsey is going to be locked in on Hopkins? Or uh, do you think he'll travel due to the injury a little bit? Well, I guess we'll see. Everything I read was he was going to lock into Hopkins. And Hopkins is still getting targets, but... He was ineffective last week, 21 yards receiving, only got three catches, so maybe they don't need to. Um, but, again, who are they going to put him on? You know, maybe they zone him up. I'm not really sure. I mean, against, against Murray, I'd imagine the best route is to blitz the hell out of him and just get him get rid of the ball quickly because, you know, if he's either got a zone or even if he has, you know, man-to-man with not that many people coming, he can just run. Uh, so, I mean, you, you're benefiting from his quick start to the season. Yeah. Last week, I tried to get really cheeky with Hopkins injury and put a um, yardage prop over on Rondale Moore. And he had like Mm -hmm. one catch in the game. I couldn't believe that they didn't use him more often. So I'm kind of hoping that Rondale will have a bounce back week for the cards. Yeah, it was all A.J. Green last week. He had a big game. Let's talk about the other uh, NFC West matchup. Seattle is going to San Francisco. San Francisco obviously lost it in home against Green Bay. Uh, They opened as a three and a half point favorite at home, 50 point total. The total is up to 52. But we get the solid three in this one, which is actually a lot nicer than the hook. Um, you know, I'd probably be on San Francisco here. I, I'm trying to figure this line out because Green Bay is definitely better than Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, about the DVOA, but I would just say off what I've seen, 
this is a kind of a curious line to me. Yeah. Maybe just because a divisional rival, they're, they're thinking that three points is what where it should be. But I mean, Green Bay had the hook, and they're a better team. Yeah. You know, I've heard a lot of people giving an edge to the Seattle side in this game, and I can't quite figure it out either. I don't know if it's just a matchup history kind of thing um, or because the Seahawks defense to me has been really underwhelming, especially in the second halves. I think I heard a stat earlier this week that Seattle and on offense hasn't scored in the third quarter yet this season. So, um, and you certainly would expect that the Niners are going to bounce back. My only hesitation is just the performance of Jimmy G this year. He did look good in the second half, but before that and the week before, it just looks like he is not interested in getting hit. And uh, their offense just hasn't been the same that they have in years past. And they haven't run the ball that great. Uh, Seattle, they should be able to, but um, hmm, there's another stay away spot for us. I don't know. I, I think it's one that I, I certainly would like to do a little bit more research on. I, you could definitely potentially talk me into this, uh, San Francisco being at home. Although I think this is a matchup where the road team has historically done well. So that might be part of the handicap where you're hearing about the Seattle side. Right, right, of course. Okay, here's an intriguing matchup, which you know, will be a lively discussion. So Baltimore goes on the road to Denver. Denver's played nobody, the three worst teams in the league. Uh, Baltimore open as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and then the total 45-and-a-half. It's really right about that. But now it's flipped around. We're listing the Broncos being the favorite now. Yeah, uh, Broncos minus one in the contest, okay. and uh, I think that's pretty. Oh no, uh, no! Here on my board, the Ravens are minus one in most spots. That's what I thought. So the contest is seeing the Broncos, and then it's flipped over to the Ravens, which is a little bit strange. I mean, no, it's not a huge line movement when you're close to the zero, but. I've heard a lot of things, man. I mean, there's a lot of injuries for Baltimore. Um, obviously, Denver's got a really good defense. And last week, I mean, Baltimore looked bad. So I don't know which way to go on this one. Originally, I had put Baltimore even when they were favored by a half a point or something. But now I don't I don't know where to go with this game. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the point spreads here to confirm that I wrote it incorrectly. Yeah, it's Broncos minus one. Mm-hmm. I, I like Baltimore in this game. I would like to see the Broncos prove it this week and I'm ready to put my money behind it. I think this is another team who has really benefited from a weak strength of schedule. Very weak. Um, and I, I think that uh, Lamar Jackson and his offense is going to be ready to play against those ends this week in Denver. And on the other side, I have concerns about Denver's offense and their injuries. They lost Jerry Judy to an ankle injury. And then last week, KJ Hamler went out, and mm-hmm. now really the only receiving threats they have on the outside are Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Right. So right. I think that uh, this is definitely going to be another low-scoring game, but I give the edge to Baltimore, and uh, I would I would consider the, putting them on our card. You're going against Teddy Covers. Mm-hmm. He's a fave, though. <laughs> That's true, but I, I think he covers at 75% regardless of something, right? That sounds uh, right. Yeah, so... I think we should definitely put Baltimore in yellow. I mean, again, my quick take was Baltimore's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I don't know. I mean, they obviously they got to play better than they did last week. I mean, otherwise they're going to lose. But you know, Denver, I played, yeah, 0-9. 0-9 teams so far. 3-0-3 yeah. teams. That's, that's incredible. And several but, rookie and, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only other thing I'll mention is just Baltimore has certainly got to be uh, – a little bit, uh, you know, they had two really emotional games the last two weeks, the 66-yard the field goal, and then the week before that was the comeback against the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. you've got to figure, even though they're professionals, they're certainly coming off of two games that were very draining. Right, and they're going a mile high, which is, <clears throat> yeah. that's her, it's an altitude game. It's an altitude game. I get it. I, I went to school out there. I know how it can affect you in the fourth quarter. So we'll see. I mean, but I, I'd like to pick a team that's not a total stinky dog yeah. uh, on the card this week. We'll and see. Yeah. I, what do you, how, where do you rank uh, Harbaugh versus Fangio in the coaching department? I think he's way. I think Harbaugh's way better. Yeah. I don't think it's a question. I think some people are saying that oh, we'll take um, you know Fangio over 
um, what's his name, Greg Roman or something. I'm like, what do you mean? I think Roman's super inventive and will come up with a plan. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson has to play well. He has to throw the ball well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think we're on the same side here. Okay. All right. So Pittsburgh is going to Green Bay. Uh, we've already talked about Ben, you know, the – We've already put the eulogy for, for Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger in his career, but Green Bay Open is a six and a half point favorite at home, forty seven and a half point total. It's six and a half in the contest, which I thought was a favorable number, and a forty five and a half point total. I mean, this is screaming to take the Packers, I know. but is it summer play, man? I mean, it's like we know the Steelers are going to play better at some point, right? So I know you want to go contrarian and take the Steelers, right? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, this is Read such this a trap. Guy. This, guy too well. <laughs> this game is such a trap. I was really hoping that it would be a seven, though. I have a seven, in here, and uh, I think at six and a half, it certainly gives me some pause because it really is hard to imagine how the Steelers are going to score unless their defense puts up some points, which is possible. Yeah. But I think this is just screams for a flat spot by Aaron Rodgers coming home sure. after the big win in his hometown. And yep. uh, for that reason, I don't think you can line me up to bet on the Packers. I do think they're a very good teaser play this week. I would be surprised yes. if the Steelers win the game. But uh, you have already seen the total move down 47.5 to 45.5. And, a half, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone, the odds makers and betters alike are expecting low scoring, which gives more value to the dog. Right, right. So would you put this on the card, though? I don't think so. Not at six and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's too. Yeah, me too. When I saw the six and a half, I'm like, what? I was like shocked. Yeah. I'm like, let me take the pack. But I mean, it could benefit us if we stay away from the game and everybody takes Green Bay and then the Steelers come in or something. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I, I I'm going to be interested to see this split, too, because you got to figure most people in the contest are sharp and they're yeah. going to see the landmine, too. But right. Maybe there will be a lot of Packers tickets. Very similar line in this next game. The Sunday night game is Tampa against uh, New England. Tampa Open is a five and a half point favorite on the road, 15 and a half point total. In the contest, it's six and a half. Consensus says seven. So in a 49 point total, how do you not take the Bucks here? I just don't understand this. You really think that Belichick's kind of outwit the the pupil here? I, I don't really see i mean seven i guess is a big number for a road team but i mean they've also got a rookie quarterback back there and you know we talked about it last week the saints game them they they mm-hmm. destroyed poor mac jones it's not that the bucks are playing that great on d but i don't see anywhere else you can take but tampa in this game yeah i mean this game is really going to rest squarely on the shoulders of freshman rookie quarterback mac jones because i don't think that they're going to run the ball we experienced that in tampa games and uh, the tampa secondary is just weak everyone's mm-hmm. throwing the ball on them i think the uh, passing dvoa 17th but i don't know it, it seems like they're worse than that and they keep getting thinner in that secondary too so i man this is another trap though i really think that <laughs> New England is going to be the sharp side in this game. I I uh, I definitely could see Tampa Bay covering, but I think that long term the value play is New England in this one. I I would feel much better if we tried to keep it off our card and just see what happens with the the rest of the contest. Okay. Um, we we could talk about it a little bit more, but uh, I I don't know. I'm going to be hard pressed to convince me to go with Tampa Bay. I think. I think it's going to be really heavily picked, and if we yeah. want to try and stick to like a contest strategy, I think we're mm-hmm. probably better off passing. But just so you know, the teaser that I'm looking at is the Packers-Bucks teaser. Okay, I like Both it. Down to half a point or maybe one point if it's the market is there, and I think they're both going to win those games. So yeah, um, I do. I do. Uh, I've already bet, and I really like the Mac Jones prop passing attempts. 37 and a half was the number I saw at the latest. I think the only way that New England is going to stay in this game is if Mac Jones drops back and passes it 40 times. Yeah. He's going to throw the short, short passes, beat the pass rush. Sure. But it's the old Brady, you know, they lost James White last week though, which is killer mm-hmm. to their game plan. And I think that uh, is going to be impactful on Mac Jones too. For sure. 
All right, the last game of the weekend is Monday night. Uh, the, the Raiders are obviously going on the road, and they're playing the Chargers here. Uh, Three-point favorites for the Chargers at home on the opener, 53-point total. It's pretty much the same. The contest is three for the Chargers, 52.5-point total. Now, here's the couple of think takeaways for this game. I do think the Chargers are better. I think they're a better football team. I like them before the season. I think the Raiders are playing really well. Sorry, Dave. Um, but the facts are facts. The Chargers are, you know, I just think they're more talented. And in the end, the Raiders' luck is going to run out. But I think there's going to be more Raider fans in this stadium than, than Chargers. So it's almost like a home game. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be like 90% Raiders fans on Sunday or Monday night. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think – I, I really like the underdog Raiders here in this game. I You nailed the home adva- home field advantage, even though it's in L.A. And mm-hmm. the Chargers' performance as a favorite has just been putrid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Derek, you know, Derek Carr's injury gave me a little bit of hesitation last week, but he played really well. Even after the early pick six, they bounced back and just dominated the Dolphins in the second half. And... Um, I think that Darren Waller and the receiving game rugs is going to step up in a big way. And I, I think that getting three here is important here because I think it's going to be a close game one way or another. And I like the Raider side. Okay. You might be able to talk me in there. There's a okay. divisional rug again. Yep. Um, you know, we're advocating for it on almost all the games here, but okay. We can put it as yellow. I don't know if we have any clear cut greens this week. That's not good. I but, labeled uh, the first one as green. I don't remember the game, but we'll have to scroll back up here. Washington. <laughs> Washington. Yeah. The the yeah the um yeah the the, the Pepto Bismol game. We just got to see if they can do it. But when we look through the games here, just again, let's see. We've got Washington, you know, on the road as a favorite minus one. Detroit as a dog, divisional road dog plus three. The Jets, home dog at plus seven. Dallas being our probably our lone favorite here at minus four and a half. And then we come all the way down. Well, Baltimore, actually, they're actually favored right now, but they'd be a dog in this contest, plus one. Mm-hmm. The Raiders plus three. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, we can maybe review some others, too, if we think that we're close. Um, yeah. We definitely have we can pick. I think between now and Saturday, uh, another look through the injury reports is definitely warranted, something I have on my agenda. I believe that this week more than the, any of the first three that injuries are going to impact a lot of these games. So we should monitor those practice reports. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's review the contest. Obviously there's one entry is 15 and oh, the guy he's being flown out to, you know, staying in circa this weekend. I heard yeah. so he's, you know, able to cash his check, whatever it is, a lot of 150 grand, whatever it is, a lot of cash. And then there are 10 guys at 14 and one, so it's likely the top three will come out of that, you know, top 11 people. Uh, this is the end of quarter one. We went one and four last week, dropped eight and seven, which kind of sucks. We're down to 1,744th place, so pretty big drop, but it could be worse. So we're still in the, you know, we're still in the upper upper tier. Yeah, it's still about 500, which I think is, we can't ask for much more than that after three weeks. So we'll right the ship and get back going and see if we can build some momentum going into the second quarter. Right, right. Okay, well, that wraps up this week. I wanted to give a big shout-out to our guy, Optimus Prime, Artemis Prime. The dude oh, yeah. is uh, – he's got his birthday today. I told him to give him a shout-out. He's hes too busy. He's going to go out with the family. He's not going to let me take him out to four shadows and get him drunk like I wanted to. So <laughs> uh, I owe him that at some point, uh, and then we can have a good time. He's been our buddy on the trips and our good luck charm and just one of the, one of the best guys around. Yeah, happy birthday, Prime. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Good luck. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.
Side Action Podcast, its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made, as the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.